So, Stephen, this is a meta question. It's a meta? Qu- yeah, it's a question about questions. Mm-hmm. So, someone wrote to me and said, why are so many questions on Quora about people wanting to seek a fortune? Yeah, so, I think I've asked you that too. Yeah, so why, what, what is that? Like, what, what, now, obviously, the, 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 the... You know the, what I think it is? I think it's a lack of imagination. I think it's an assumption that I declare misplaced that seeking a fortune is in and of itself a great idea. Right, and we've talked about kind of how the uh, happiness effects of having more and more money kind of go down. It's a, the diminishing returns. But still, that doesn't stop people because you know what? People want to pay the bills. People want to uh, feed their family and set up their family for life. People associate money with freedom to travel. And, uh, you know, there's the whole notion of F you money so you can tell your boss whatever you want. So there is kind of good aspects of going from zero to some amount. Now, fortune, I don't know about. But uh, but but you would agree. I mean, your question is why do so many people have this very question, which is not right. how, not how can I make a really good living to provide for myself and my family and maybe retire early, blah blah blah. The question is how can I make so much money that I'm not going to know what to do with it? Yeah, right. That's really the question. So why do you think so many people? Uh, uh, like have I said, it? I I think there's a real delusion. So. Um, we're actually working now on a Freakonomics episode about boredom, which is an interesting topic. I mean, maybe. Maybe it bores you, but I find it kind of interesting. Um, it is a very data-scarce topic. Okay. There's not a lot, yeah, of good research. No data about boredom? <laughs> there is some. Interestingly, we began, we collectively, the world began to collect some, do some research on boredom over 100 years ago, but then what it kind of What kind of people do research on boredom? Well, it began with uh, something called, I believe it was called the British Fatigue Board. I believe that was the name. And they were interested in worker productivity, which makes sense if you're government or a firm or even an employee. You know, productivity is an important topic. And they wanted to know what caused it. And their suspicion was that it was fatigue, you know, physical mental or maybe physical more fatigue, but then it turns out that um, what looks to be something like boredom may have a bigger drag on productivity than fatigue. But that said, that research was kind of uh, abandoned through lack of interest, lack of funding, whatever. So here we are, you know, over 100 years later, we still don't really know that much about it. One thing that we discovered that we do know, however, is that one thing that people really seek out, um, one thing that people think will make them happy is rest and relaxation. And this comes with, you know, vacation when you're working, comes with retirement when you're older. And it turns out that very, 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 very often it, that rest and relaxation produce a bunch of deleterious effects, that you're less happy, I, I you're can, more bored, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you from my experience. Yeah. Okay, so my very first company, uh, I, I didn't know you then. I, I was making websites for entertainment companies. Uh, it's in the 90s. I sold it. Back when there were entertainment companies. Uh, right. And I, I sold it. I cashed out. And then... Um, then you started playing poker. I had fun. all this free time. And I can tell you, 24 hours a day, I, once I started having free time, 
I was doing things that were bad for me. Right. So, so we know. So there's, and and this is not surprising, right? We know generally, we know enough about psychology, even though we don't know that much about psychology, really. That when people don't have a whatever, a mission, a thing to do, whatever, that they tend to get pretty unsettled in some way. All I'm saying here is that similarly, I think that there are a lot of people, and this is what I why I referred to it as a delusion before. There are a lot of people who think that a fortune is kind of the key and maybe the only key to a life of happiness and fulfillment and so on. And I totally get that. I probably used to believe some version of that myself. And I grew up without money. I never wanted to be rich, but I thought it would be real. Here here is my definition of rich. I thought it would be so cool to walk into a grocery store or supermarket and fill up my cart with the food I wanted rather than the food whose prices I could afford. That was like my definition of like what wealth would be. So eventually I made enough money to be able to do that. And that felt unbelievably good. And then, ultimately, I began to make even more money than being able to just shop in a supermarket. And every additional dollar did not bring an additional utility of satisfaction by a long shot. So it diminishes hard and fast. You know, I guess I had a similar experience. Like, for me, kind of that turning point was I could go into a store and buy a VCR, meaning, mm. which don't <laughs> exist anymore. But, like, I could watch, a, I could buy a VCR and then watch movies when I want. Like, in the fact that I could do that, and it was almost like uh, a waste of money, uh, like an excess of money that I needed. Once I could do that, I felt like, man, I'm, I'm succeeding in life. But I'll tell you this, the last time, until recently, I've kind of changed my lifestyle recently, the, but the last time before that, I had a good night's sleep, was 1995. And because in 1995, I started my quest for a fortune. I started a company and it just ruined my life in every way. Making the money, losing the money, making it back, being obsessed You're with it. You're still on this quest or are you done with it? No, no. Now, I would say the past five years, I have... I have uh, now you're back to watching movies. Yeah, now... <laughs> Um, hauling out the VCR. But but what I used to do every day in 1995 was so great. I was making no money, but at the end of my workday in a cubicle, I would go to Steinway Billiards and Astoria, and there were uh, Astoria is filled with members of the uh, they all they all come from Greece of the Greek persuasion. Is yes. that where you were going? Yes, and we would play literally the Greek rules to backgammon, right. and we would play chess. And we would just do it all night. Like, and I was so happy. And then my other friends from work would see how happy I was to like leave work early and mm-hmm. go to like Steinway Billiards. So they would come with me. So it was all my friends from work and all these Greek guys. And we would drink coffee and play backgammon all night long. And I was so happy. And it totally ended the day I started my first business on the quest <laughs> for a fortune. And I was making less money than I'd ever made in my life. Okay, we do have to pause for a minute to hear from our sponsor. Won't take long. Question of the day. We'll be right back. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Prudential. Have you thought about retirement lately? Today, Prudential is proposing a new way to think about retirement. Did you know that picking out your clothes in the morning has an effect on how you save for retirement? It may sound like an odd connection, but what you may not realize is that from the moment we wake up, our brains are making hundreds of little decisions, and all those decisions add up. Are you going to get up or hit the snooze button? Gray shirt, the purple shirt, coffee or tea? With every decision we make, our brains become more tired, and when your brain's tired, 
you're more likely to give in to impulses and procrastination. So next time you're about to put something off, remember our brains are hardwired to procrastinate, which means the sooner you reset your wiring and start saving more for retirement, the better off you'll be down the line. So visit bringyourchallenges.com to learn more about procrastination and other behaviors that get in the way of saving more for retirement. Prudential, bring your challenges. Let me offer a slightly different answer to the one I gave before, responding to what you said. And this is more a kind of, um, I don't know, a philosophical or economic treatment of the question about the fortune, right? We're talking about why people want to make that fortune. So what's interesting is two of the examples that we brought up. I brought one, you brought the other. One is you thought it would be awesome to have access, basically unlimited access to movie watching, right? Right. And I thought it'd be awesome to have unlimited access to the food that I wanted, right? So if you go back 20 years ago or so, it's not that hard to understand why for each of us in those cases, that was kind of a big deal. I grew up with, let's say, constrained income, and you grew up with you know, probably more middle class, but movies were not around all the time, right? right? But look at what technology has done. So right now... Just about anybody, for $10 a month, and granted, you have to have something to stream it on, you can pretty much get all the movies you will ever watch. You right. could you could kill yourself by just watching movies, right? And, and related to that, this is why I don't like economics, because that's deflation, and that's never taken into account in deflationary or inflationary numbers. That's not what economists call deflation I understand, per se. but economists are wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't defend that, yeah, yeah. But with food, interestingly, so with food, there has been what we would call deflation, absolutely, within food. So it used to be that the share of the median American family budget that went toward food was, I don't remember the number, let's say something like 35%, and now it's something like 23%. Now, again, and yet people are more desperate than ever for like, how can I, you know, make a fortune? These questions are more... That's my point. That's my point. The world keeps getting easier to enjoy without as much money as we thought you needed to live like a, quote, rich person. But, you know, it's often been said... The person in the 15th percentile of wealth in the United States now, let's say, is probably better off than anyone outside of royalty 500 years ago. Right. And so what I think, though, has increased in the world in the past 20 years is uncertainty. So stable jobs are harder to, even if you're in what you think is a stable job, it's probably not. Like layoffs happen all the time. A friend of mine just got laid off from a major uh, investment bank. Uh, so layoffs happen everywhere. You're never really certain about uh, anything anymore. There's f- flash crashes in the market. There's weird wars all over Africa and the Middle East that we we're, we're, we can't seem to get out of Afghanistan. It's bigger than Vietnam and three times bigger than World War II. Yeah, no, but let's say, for the record, there's less violence organized and disorganized now than there's been at any time throughout history. I agree. We're aware of it well, much more than we we used to. We collate it better. Right, so you we produce say it that, less. but no one believes that. that that's Because there's true. uncertainty is greater. I think that's true. It also, the other problem is that this is what psychologists will call uh, assimilation, and there's another word for it um, that I can't think right now. But basically, you know, if if on day one of my life, um, food is really, really expensive and I can't afford as much as I want. And on day 10, it becomes much cheaper. Um, I experience a lot of satisfaction for that. By day 15, I'm still pretty satisfied and pretty happy. But by day 20, I've totally assimilated that improvement 
and am looking for the next improvement. I'm not happy about it anymore. Right. And so that becomes then a psychological practice that you have to notice that that's happening. And then you have to recognize that, and I know this is true for me. I don't know if it's true for anyone else, that wealth is not about the number in the bank. Wealth is ultimately about having less wants and enjoying, let's say, more units of happiness per dollar you have. Mm. And that is a, a practice that you have to practice every day. I totally embrace your notion of like taking notice of and appreciating and embracing the thing that you have that is very easy to gloss over and take it for granted. Let me ask you this. What is something that you do or consume or whatever that costs next to nothing uh, or maybe nothing that makes you really happy? I probably play uh, 50 games of chess a day online on the internet, and it costs me absolutely nothing. And I enjoy it so much. I've enjoyed it now for 30 years, and it's, you know, it's part of my life. It's funny. My answer to the same question probably would have been playing backgammon. I don't play that many games a day. And also reading books so much cheaper now. And you don't have to carry them around. You can read them on the Kindle. So theoretically, if we were to um, follow our own advice, we would get off the microphones, put down the headphones, walk out the door, and since I can't play chess with you because you're too good, we'll go play some backgammon. What do you sure. say? Let's go. Listen to a clip from the next question of the day in just a moment, but first... Again, we'd like to thank Prudential for sponsoring today's episode. Don't forget, our brains are hardwired to procrastinate, but not all procrastination is created equal. Did you know there are different types of procrastinators? Worriers, big dreamers, distracted and unmotivated procrastinators. You know who I'm talking to. Where do you fall? Visit bringyourchallenges.com to take the procrastination personality test and find out. Prudential, bring your challenges. Join us next time on Question of the Day, which will sound something like this. James, I assume there's a Wikipedia page about you. Yes. Have you had anything to do with its creation or maintenance? No, I think I uh, one time I had an assistant correct something that was factually wrong. Mm-hmm. And then even then, it got like bounced back and forth between. You can't really change things because there's some kind of army of editors that are alerted right away, and they really make sure that you're not doing anything to your Wikipedia page. <laughs>